So, uh, a fun fact about John Huntsman, he is the only administration official well. whose job it actually is to collude with Russia. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of them, it's just a hobby. They can't figure out how to use it. They're so stupid. They shouldn't be allowed to shop if they can't figure out the, the self-checkout. Welcome to the SSEU podcast. The first, best, and last place to get only this podcast. The only place you can get it. We're the only ones doing it. And I'm taking over hosting duties this week. And with me, as usually times, is Thomas, who just got back from where he was. Thomas, let's. how was your trip back disgusting edited out not on my podcast chris you've been sick with some things um in your sickness areas uh can you give us a little description of your cold pervert edited out now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSEU Podcast, the Internet's premier fan podcast of another podcast. We are coming fresh off the social media day in the White House, where we have discussed the topics <laughs> of the day with our favorite people from Twitter. It was a little awkward because half of them had previously blocked us, uh, but it, it, it went okay. You can find the SSEU in the mega thread on Twitter, where we give you a few free tweets and then ask you to make a contribution to Marianne Williamson's presidential campaign. The podcast is available in the, the normal locations where you usually find podcasts, and we ask you to please continue to email us at sseupod at gmail.com with your complaints about Ryan. Uh, what? Chris is out today and will not be joining us, but Ryan, you're here, right? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Of course I'm here. Right. Uh, when am I not here? Instead of Chris, we managed to get a last-minute replacement, so Matt Roberts, who is... Is on Twitter? Is not on Twitter? What's your current Twitter policy, Matt? I'd say I'm. I'd say I'm semi on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm just unavailable for people to tweet at me, and I don't read anybody's tweets. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen you reply to anything in the mega thread for months. Months. I actually. Does that I sound actually, right? Yeah, that's about right. It's been about six weeks. I don't miss it. Okay. Um, I did jump into the mega thread today, actually, very briefly. Uh, huh. Just to lay down the law about the Star Wars prequels being garbage. They That's are good. garbage. I want to be clear about that. They're bad. And people who like them are bad. So there we go. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> yeah, I fe- look, I felt it was a, I felt it was an important thing that had to be said. It's a good cause. <laughs> I think we can all agree. Marianne Williamson may believe in healing the nation through love, but I think sometimes <laughs> that love needs to be tough love. I uh, I love the fact that she's going to be on the next debate stage uh, as well. Uh, I did think it was uh, w- you mentioned the uh, the Trump 
social media summit and how they talked about like censorship and like social media companies censoring conservatives. They didn't have anybody there that had been <laughs> that had been kicked off of Twitter or YouTube. No. <laughs> so like all the people who've been kicked off. They also didn't let into the summit. <laughs> so they were like, we think Twitter and YouTube should be forced to let you guys back on. But just to be clear, if we were starting a social media company, we would definitely not let you what, in because you're crazy as shit. Would you invite uh, Laura Loomer to the no, house? No, I wouldn't. But then, like, what are we talking about then? <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I actually probably would invite Laura Loomer to the White House, but that but that is because I do not live in the White House nor near the White House. For entertainment, I don't I don't work either of those places. She would she would chain herself to the Roosevelt Right. I I can't believe she didn't chain herself. Like, all right, Laura, you've gotten a tour of the White House. Let's go on to the next room or. What the fuck? Did you just chain yourself to the desk? God damn it. Who let her have handcuffs? I also don't have the legal authorization to invite people to the White House, and I think that would be the best part of me inviting her. <laughs> is the bit where she showed up like, what? I have an invitation. This is written on pink stationery. What are you talking about? Did you do this yourself? <laughs> There's glitter on it. No! Mm. I I was briefly paying attention to this earlier, and I saw that apparently Sebastian, Go sorry, Doctor Gorka, got in in a spat with some journalists in the uh, in the Rose Garden after they had some you... sort of press conference. No way! It, it was a whole thing. There, there are videos on it. On oh, I bet he went out to the parking lot and revved his four cylinder Mustang. I bet he had a really hard time getting in it. Things pretty. <laughs> Pretty far down, and he's a big man. I have been making, and I, I'm going to make some acquisitions for my computer, changing out my graphics card. Today I got my new solid-state drive, my new SSD for it, and uh, it's amazing how cheap they become. And they're also so tiny. But anyway, uh, I had to go to Best Buy to, to buy a cable for it, to actually plug it into my computer. I walk into the Best Buy. First Best Buy I went to, a ton of staff, like maybe 100 employees uh, in an empty store. And I woke up, and, and I asked one of them if they have this cable, and we walk over, and, and they don't have it. So I drive over to the next Best Buy. And they do have it, but it's the same thing again. It's, I don't know, 150 employees, maybe 10 customers milling about. How do they stay in business? Uh, you've got to be exaggerating with the employee count there. Just a little bit. I mean, a little, but not by much. It's the uh, changing economy. I mean, Best Buy has done better to reinvent themselves as you can you can make online orders in the store. You can go to the store and place hey, an order online. Hey, you, you'd be surprised how much business that can generate if someone comes in the store and they say, oh, I want this, and maybe they have it, maybe they don't have it, and the employees are carrying around a tablet and they say, well, here, why don't we just order this right now and we can have it shipped to your house. It's a big business generator for, for retail stores. Plus, you know, all those employees make minimum wage. If they sell one digital camera, they've paid for all hundred of yeah. them for the next day. So I have a Best Buy kind of right by my house, actually. And if, if I want to go to Chick-fil-A or Chipotle or something like that, I have to walk past it. And I just want to say my favorite Best Buy employee is that guy who sits in between the double doors. Oh, right, right when you enter? Right. And he has his back to the outside, and he's got, like, a little referee's chair. He looks like a line umpire in tennis. 
and he's just sitting there, and his job is supposed to be making sure that people aren't walking out with the product, but what he's right. really doing is just being on on his phone. Yeah. He's just on Twitter. <laughs> there's, like, three people sort of clustered there having, like, water cooler chat. There's, there's so many employees. You could never get out of there with, any, with anything. Like, what are you going to do? Like, smuggle I, I'm like smuggle out a flat-screen TV? <laughs> maybe it's because I went there around, I guess, around 2 p.m. or something like that, so maybe that takes well, I, I don't doubt that it was mostly empty and there were way more employees than necessary. My worst experience of this kind was at, uh, what's the store called? H.H. Gregg? Oh, there's still H.H. Greggs. Uh, well, this was, I think, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. Oh, this was in Illinois then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I walk in and there's no one else in the store. And there, there are 10 employees in a red shirt standing around a desk in the middle. And they all see me. can see the, the fire in their eyes that, oh, he's a customer. <laughs> we're going to get him. They ended up not having what I needed anyway. Did you, did you get to watch that fire die when they realized they made the same amount of money, whether you bought something or not? I lived in Indiana the last time in 2008. And H.H. Greggs were almost dead then. And I think that they're pretty much a Midwest chain because I've never heard of them anywhere outside of the Midwest. There you are. Retail. You have my favorite retail store, which is Costco. It's a giant food warehouse. And when you want to buy something, you have to go there and then stand in line with your driver's license to prove that you're allowed to shop there. And then you mill around this giant refrigerated food warehouse and you fill your cart up. Your cart, like, you don't even get a cart sometimes. Sometimes you get a pallet, like, they give you for moving yeah. big piles of lumber at Home Depot. Like, you get one of those and, to put and your then, groceries on. Yeah, and then just boxes. They don't even give you bags sometimes. They right. just give you some boxes. Right, like, like, oh, oh, here's a box that we had a refrigerator in. Fill that up. Here are the boxes. Here are the cardboard boxes that are shipment of grapes from Guatemala. And so you like you meander through this enormous food warehouse filling your boxes up and it's impossible not to fill them up because you're just like, I just want to get like some peanuts. I just want to get like some peanuts to take oh, to work and have at here, my desk. Oh, okay. I guess I'm gonna well, this need will last 12, you for a year. I'm going to need 12 pounds of trail mix <laughs> and a neoprene sweater that they sell here for reasons. Yeah, the clothes is a weird thing. Yeah, they do have a, a, they, a lot dude, of and the, and the, so and then you have to stand in line to check your groceries out to like pay for them, but then you have to stand in line again to get out of the yeah, store. There's like an check old guy. There's like an old guy. He checks your receipt. And he goes through all your boxes. Like, did you? Really and buy sometimes, this? and sometimes they actually do go through each item. Like usually, and you're like, dude, there's usually, forty people in line. <laughs> this food warehouse is two square acres, and. <laughs> This line is stretched out to the back of it. I'm, I'm going to need you to hurry up. This, this definitely sounds worse than Ikea. You know, the, the thing that makes it better than Ikea, though, there's two things that make it better than Ikea. The first is that it's a lot funnier going to a store that has its own brand that sells batteries, car tires, salmon fillets, and <laughs> gin. All made in the same factory. All made in the same factory with the same natural ingredients. <laughs> the signature brand. And the second thing that makes it better than Costco is that for a dollar fifty, you can get French fries and a hot dog. Oh man, you can it's get the best deal. Yeah, you yeah, you can get a a uh, a twenty four ounce drink 
and a, and just a big old foot long hot dog for you for a dollar fifty. Yeah, you can eat yourself sick for about three bucks. <laughs> yeah, you can get you can get a big. Uh, they have they have like these big shakes that are like a dollar or something like that. They have pizza. You can get a whole pizza for like five dollars, and they make it right there. This is just like a, a Swedish company. They they originally started out by sending out the catalog with. Part, uh, car parts, auto parts. And then they started opening physical stores and now they sell car parts and stuff for lawn care. They're huge on bicycles. They sell stuff for your kitchen. They sell almost everything. But the reason people love the place is because you can go there and get a, a drink and a cinnamon bun for, I don't know, a, a dollar or something like that. Like that's why people go there. And it has been nicknamed like old man kindergarten in Sweden. Like... <laughs> Old white men really enjoy going to that store. I mean, I'll admit I've gone into Costco, gone in through the exit door just to get a hot dog and a drink for a dollar fifty for lunch before. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've done that. I will say I've 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 done something even more shameful than that. I've gone in around lunchtime and just wandered around and had lunch browsing on free samples. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's good. I idea. don't think there's anything shameful about that. One last thing about Best Buy. So I looked up HH Greg. They closed all their stores in 2017 oh, and boy. has been revived as an online only business and this well, this is what Best Buy should do. I don't remember which store I think it was in the UK. I saw a story the other day about how they are trying to introduce or they are running experiments with cashierless store. Yeah, like, yes I'm in, whatever you're going to say I'm in favor. You, you just walk in and there are cameras all over the store keeping track of what you're doing so when you grab a product off the shelf and you put it in your bag or your cart or whatever. You can put it in your pocket and walk out and they'll just. Yeah, they will charge your account. They'll just charge you. I'm all. Wow uh, this doesn't sound horrifying and dystopian <laughs> at all. <laughs> No human contact. That's the goal. Ah, oh, that would be... Gosh. Because I got to be honest, if I go to the grocery store and self-checkout is closed, even, and I've, even if I've you know spent 45 minutes gathering up groceries, I, contempl- I, yourself, I, I contemplate like, leaving it and going to does my other family, grocery store. Does my family eat this week? <laughs> well, I don't want to no, talk to this family. I'll spend more time. I, will, I mean, because, yeah, they've got to eat. I, and so what I... I've honestly thought about, I, I haven't actually done this, but I've thought about, because between where we live, H-E-B is the grocery store for Texas. Yeah, we know. There's, shut up about it. There's, there's two of them. Like, I live in between two that are, like, equal distance either way. And so I, I've gone to one and spent, you know, 45 minutes filling up my cart with, cause, cause I, I, the other thing is, I, I completely ignore the 10-item or 15-item limit for self-checkout. I've taken like 50 items up to the self-checkout, and I still check out 50 <laughs> items faster than some of these idiots check out t- like three items. They can't figure out how to use it. They're so stupid. They shouldn't be allowed to shop if they can't figure out the, the self-checkout. Because I'll, I'll scan myself 50 items like in, in five minutes, and I'll be out of there. They'll be People will be thanking me for taking 50 <laughs> items through there. And uh, so I, I've gone, gathered up, you know, a shopping cart full of groceries, and then come to realize that the self-checkout is, you know, down and under construction. And I've honestly, seriously considered just leaving my cart 
getting in my car, driving to the other HEB on the other side of my house, and getting the same groceries and going through the self-checkout. I haven't done it, but I've been close. Because it's going to happen one day. It is, because the idea of just like having to make small talk with the cashier as they're checking, did you find everything? Yeah. If I didn't find everything I need, then I would still be out there, you know, <laughs> or I would have asked somebody. Don't ask me that. I, are you going to make? Oh, you're going to make me take my headphones out, aren't you? Okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I never take my headphones out. When they say, "Did you find everything you needed?" Okay, I take one ear out and then I go, "Uh huh," and then I put it back in. <laughs> I'm and I'm just, just like I make it as clear as I possibly can. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to interact with you. The only exception I have for that is with the people who work at the grocery store who are mentally handicapped. Well, sure. that would make me feel really bad. You people but are I, never I, getting I, elected I, I, fast I, person. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I, I can't other be than that, Other than that, I'm... So here in uh, Transition, here in Phoenix today, it was 114, 113... <laughs> Uh, what? Something like that. And when I was, but it's a it's it's a dry heat stroke. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Here in Virginia, it was ninety five with twelve million percent humidity. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super humid here right now. Even though it's it's not getting in triple digits, but it's it's but, still really humid. I, I mean, we're all just talking about different levels of hell here, right? Like like it's all bad. But mm-hmm. when I was driving around to the Best Buys and I did my grocery shopping, one thing that I thought about was, you know what they really do well? Tires. Tires on cars. The fact that they are not just exploding or melting <laughs> when it is this hot and you are driving on concrete or asphalt. That's amazing. So kudos to tire manufacturers. Thank you for them not exploding. I can't be the only person here who's thinking of like Andy Rooney or something. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I want to talk about tire manufacturers. <laughs> Our cars are not blowing up every day. <laughs> They're the real American heroes. Amer- what? No, I have finished tire. Oh, well, in that case, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> what What? What are finished tires? Nokia. What manufacturer? Who? Nokia. They make tires? Yes. it's. Uh, well, yeah, they make cell phones. They they're, make they're, crappy they're op- cell phones and crappy tires? <laughs> they're operating on the Costco model. <laughs> they might also sell a hot dog filled with the scraps from both their cell phones and their tires. Who oh, knows? I'll eat that. I'm pretty sure they were in the rubber business before they, they started electronic. Like what kind of rubbers? The ones that you need when you go to Best Buy. <laughs> so full body? <laughs> You want some? Uh, you want some breaking news? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Some sweet pop culture breaking news. R. Kelly has been arrested on child pornography charges. Oh. Wow. It took him a while, but uh, finally. Are, are you guys excited about Prime Day? Uh, I thought it was today. I don't know when it is, so it is. I can't say I'm excited about it. It is, it is on the fifth. It's on Monday, on the fifteenth. Sure. I mean, I'll check it out if there's any. I'm sure that if there's any like crazy deals i'll i'll get something i think i've got i think i've got a really awful meeting at the office on the 15th it's going to be like right during the time when i normally take lunch so i will probably be on prime (laughs) that whole period during that meeting just like i don't care about this i hate you all we're just gonna move on and i'm gonna go do something productive with my time like buying stuff i don't need on prime (laughs) 
with the paycheck that you're no doubt pl- plotting to stop giving me. <laughs> Ooh, thirteen count federal indictment. Do you see uh, Russ got traded to the Rockets? Yes, I did. Wow. I I think I don't mind it from the Rock from the Rockets' perspective because I got I got some thoughts about it. I think there's a good chance it might make them worse, but I think it's also the only chance they have to win a title. You know, it's taking out all the stops. It's pulling it's pulling the goalies. It's a it's a Hail Mary. It's you know oh, come like, on. how many more metaphors take can it, you get it, in here? Uh, okay. It's like they're taking, swinging for, taking, look, they're taking, swinging for the fences here. It's taking your pants off in a balls kicking contest. <laughs> they're uh, it's fourth and long and they've got their backs to the wall here. It's showing grandma your dick and hoping for the best. <laughs> okay. Go. They've sent the goalkeeper up for the corner here, Thomas. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Okay. They're, uh, Thanks, Matt. They're I already said pulling the goalies. Yeah, but you meant you meant for hockey. This is a soccer. Oh, okay. They've, they've switched from They don't the, do that in both, I guess. Well, they do. They've but switched I guess, from the I guess it's more of a classic 4-2-4 and other things. I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that it's going to blow up and they'll be much worse. But Here's I, also, I, I, I also think it's the only chance they have to, like, win a title. I think you're right. I think it is just about the only chance they have to win a title this season. Yeah. And I think there is a 100% certainty it is going to blow up in their face. <laughs> I, I'm mostly, yeah, I'm mostly there. But, I mean, I, I think, like, you know, I, I appreciate the, uh, I, the, the they, they have a window. This year, yeah, and maybe next year. Uh, okay. Because I mean, and after Chris, that, Chris Paul. I mean, he's almost dead. And <laughs> I just don't know about how it's going to work. Like, like you know how much money to, Russ like, is going to be making in forty-three in four years. The last year of his contract, he will be making forty-seven point one million dollars. Oh yeah. uh, and you know how many? And they sent they sent four first-round yeah. picks. Yeah. That's I mean, too much. It, it's insane. I mean, it's completely insane. Uh, but I mean, I just think like I think they thought, well, if we're gonna win yep. while we still have, because I think they were like, well, we're gonna have to. If Harden, I mean, with the Lakers being much better and the Clippers also now being much better, I think they thought, well, if we're gonna do anything with Harden, our only chance is if we like somehow magically Russ and Harden can play it, even though it doesn't make any sense that they'd be able to play together because they both need the ball like all the well, time. Theoretically, Harden doesn't because Harden can shoot. I know, but he still he wants the ball all the time. Well, he, yeah, he's also if, the greatest you, isolation you, scorer in the last twenty years. Right, exactly. Because you so. Yeah, like since prime you, Kobe, you want him to have the ball all the time. You'd rather him have the ball than Russ have the ball all the right. time. You, but, Russ, but Russ isn't a good shooter. He's not a good spot up shooter. He's, I mean, not he's a in, bad defender. He is in an the last few, bad defender. And well, when he is, so not, is James Harden. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I think well, even actually, when he tried, that's not true. I think Harden is actually a good defender now. He is just he? can't guard. Yeah, he just can't guard guards. Okay. Um, that. Yeah, he can they, guard they it. Put him, they put him. They put him on on power forwards. Yeah. He's actually a really good post defender. That, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, okay, that means Russ has to guard the point guard probably, and right. Russ can't or won't do that. Right. I Russ think is also completely terrible off the ball. Not only because he can't yeah. shoot, but because he doesn't cut. Question: As as a diehard Thunder fan, this is basketball, right? <laughs> 
So yeah, they're in Oklahoma City, Thomas. That's a city that's in a state that's sort of in the middle of the country. The you Thunder, I think, come out on top here. I mean, with all the picks they've gotten for Paul George now and four more for Russ, like yeah, they, the, so they uh, have, the Thunder. I mean, they have eight first round picks. With, yeah, with Paul like that. With a haul like that, they might even be able to accumulate, I don't know, three young in their prime MVP candidates and then no trade way. one of them. That would be ridiculous. No, that's unheard of. Could, yeah, maybe they could trade one of them, piss off the other, and then give a monster contract to the last one and then regret it in two years. <laughs> yeah, Can they would definitely explain they would, they would definitely, to me. They would, okay, well, so, they had. Yeah, go ahead. So the Oklahoma City Thunder at one point were one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They had three young, very, very good players. Uh, Durant, Durant Har- Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Okay, I remember this. I remember this. Okay, go on. Yeah, so first Sam Presti traded James Harden because he didn't want to pay him a lot of money. James Harden turned into one of the best point guards in the NBA. Then they were like, okay, Russ, it's going to be your team. And then Kevin Durant said, wait a minute, I'm way better than Russ Westbrook, and Russ Westbrook is really effing annoying. I'm going to go play with the Golden State Warriors now. And then the Thunder were like, shit, without Russ Westbrook, we no longer have a franchise. Let's give Russ Westbrook an enormous fucking contract. And then Russ won the MVP because he averaged a triple-double, and it was really cool, and all that stuff. And then people started realizing that actually Russ couldn't shoot and didn't play any defense <laughs> and was entirely... And then they got Paul George, who played like an MVP candidate. And everybody second... was like, wow, this is going to work really well. And then they lost in the first round for the third time in three years. Yeah. And then Paul George demanded a trade. And then they were like, well, fuck, let's just blow it up and hope for better luck next time. So they've They got... will not have better luck next time. They've they got the best eight... luck anyone He's got yeah. eight first-round draft picks. I, I have no faith that they're going to be able to. They, they have do, eighth manage in the same draft. No, they had no eight over now the in 2026. And, and in 2022 is when high school players will be able to be drafted again. It, it seemed like nobody wanted to give up those 2022 picks because they were like, "Oh, we're going to be able to draft high schoolers," but then all of a sudden. Everybody started trading their 2022 picks. You know, like, ah, whatever. Are fewer high school stars going to go play college now? Currently, high school players are required to go to college for one year. Right. Like, or one, actually, one and that done. Is not entirely true. They are required to enter to the draft you know, one, after, year after one, their, year, one year after their high school eligibility. They can do whatever they want for that one year. They can go to college. They can go play in Europe. They can go play in the developmental league they could whatever. go travel across the united states and sure. play basketball sure they yeah. can do whatever the hell they, they want. can do like jvl and play pickup basketball for and pizza, hut. pizza hut yeah and uh in 2022 the expectation is it just an expectation or have they actually announced the change i don't think it's official but i think they're yeah. like everybody's pretty sure that it's going to be that they're going to change it to where um High schoolers are then able to enter the NBA draft. Again, originally, high schoolers weren't able to enter the draft. And then they changed it so they were. And so general managers started picking all these 18-year-olds who didn't actually know how to play basketball, but were tall and like could jump and run and really fast. They didn't have... They didn't have a farm system back then or anything right. to do with them, but keep them on their NBA roster or on the injured reserve. None of them went anywhere or did anything. And so they were like, wait... Protect us from our own stupidity. 
and changed the rules so that those kids had to go back to college. And now that they've got developmental league rosters to fill out, they want to be able to draft high schoolers again. Do you guys think that's good? Bad? I think they should be able to do whatever they want. I remember when the Pacers drafted Jonathan Bender out of high school and gave him a bunch of money. I used to think Jonathan Bender was the bee's knees. Yeah, (laughs) I did too when the Pacers drafted him. And then uh, I think like somebody gave, I think they gave him like an extra, because he kept getting injured and they gave him like an extra year just so he could get a pension. Like they let him, even though he was completely worthless. I remember, I don't remember if it was the Pacers or or if he ended up going with some other team. Somebody let him hang around for an extra year just so he could get a pension. It was the, so it was the Knicks. Okay. And he played 25 games that year. That seems crazy. So I thought he year, was done by the time he left the Pacers. Okay, so he was drafted in 99, played for the Pacers from 99 to 2006. He, man- he played nine games in his last two seasons. <laughs> in 2009, somehow, he managed to come back, played for the Knicks... Somehow he shot thirty six percent from three and what ninety three percent from the line. If he could shoot thirty six percent, because he was like six eleven, seven yeah. foot. If he could shoot thirty six percent from three right now, he could. Oh yeah, he'd, he'd still be in the league. Yeah, <laughs> he played. Uh, he played twelve minutes a game for the two thousand nine two thousand ten New York Knicks. Wow. There's a lot of guys like that that were ahead of their time that if, you know, they could stand out there and shoot, you know, between 36 and 40 percent from threes and be tall, they'd have a job right now. But back in the 90s and early 2000s, they were like, eh, and we don't really want those guys. If you look at the if you look at the great Pacers teams, you know, they're playing what their their front court is two guys that we consider setters in, in the NBA and. One guy that yeah. we consider a power forward. Yeah, basically, with uh, Antonio Davis, Dale Davis. I mean, back when, when they had Rick Smiths, who... Oh God, I forgot about Rick Smiths. Yeah. He's Dutch, Thomas. I don't know if you know the... Yeah. The Duncan Dutchman. Thomas, can I recommend I, that you, I played the men's you league Google with his Smiths. name? And in his glory days playing for the Pacers, he had a glorious mullet. Yeah, he did. Enough about the, the smart. Ryan, did you watch the, the final in the Lady World Cup? Nope. Did you like the result? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't. I, I just didn't have time to watch. I don't know, or I didn't want to. One of the two. It is very strange to me how so many people, especially on the right, appear to be very upset about the fact that people are happy that the women won. Just let them be excited. I know. Like I listened to the Secret podcast, and JVL was all you know going on about how they should act like they've been there before and stuff like that and which i mean that's a totally like old school approach to have to sports but and i emailed him and sarah and was just like i'm pro more celebrations in all sports i think the word because and jvl talked about the unwritten code of baseball well if you well, do this JVL in baseball they they take it they take care of it themselves you know and i i think the worst thing about baseball is they try to hit someone with a ball at 95 miles an hour if they celebrate a home run too much i like i hate that i hate the unwritten code of baseball i hate i hate that part of baseball i i don't like if they hit home run i think they should be able to flip their bats do whatever they want and if the pitchers don't like it, they should get more people out. JVL comes comes at it from a very baseball-centric perspective. Right. But, like, if you look at, I don't know, if you look at other sports, I mean, we had a striker on, my so- on, on Arsenal who scored, a, like, the second goal in a game we were losing by three, right? 
And it's like, oh, yeah, congratulations. This is a totally meaningless uh-huh. goal. And he, like, went into the crowd and pulled out a freaking, like, Black Panther mask. What? And started doing the, like, Black Panther thing. And it's like, dude, we're losing. I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to, like, grab the ball and start trying to score again, please. Matt, who was this? This is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Oh. I don't, it, I don't think anybody is really reacting to, like, the women celebrating necessarily or anything like that. I really think everybody's just reacting to Megan Rapinoe. Megan yeah. Rapinoe is, like, anti-Donald Trump. And she makes everybody crazy in the same way that people make that Donald Trump makes people crazy. Yeah, I think so. They are exact opposites, you know? She's she's thin, he's fat, she's a gay <laughs> woman, he's a straight man. Like, look at their hair. He has curved, <laughs> orange hair. She has backwards, slicked, blue hair. They are literally opposites in every single way. Yeah, I, I, fe- I, felt, I felt bad about so after they had won they were celebrating on the pitch and one of the the players seemed to like just drop the flag that she was celebrating yeah. with yeah and it was on the ground for half a second and suddenly she was getting trashed when mark levin tweeted okay, that mark like Le- they 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 stomped on the- he said that but in the tweets like and all these people that retweeted it were saying like the American players uh, Rapino they stomped on the flag. In which if you clicked on the video, they did not even step on the flag at all. They dropped it on the ground. Perhaps they shouldn't have dropped it on the ground or been so careless. Fine, but say that say they were careless with the flag. But in, but they can't just say what actually happened. They have to say because if you say oh they dropped the flag on the ground for a second, people are going eh. But if you say they stomped on the flag, then then people are going to get upset and that's what they said and it's just like that like pushes people like me like anyone who doesn't like her that pushes me toward her camp when you're just going to make things up i will say though that americans y'all are a little anal about the flag like maybe it's because you don't have any other meaningful national symbols but you you really need to give it a break it's just a fucking flag burn it if you want to anyway matt what were you gonna say i mean i don't even know anymore you've really opened you've really opened my eyes on a new way of thinking about the flag thomas thank you burn it if you want to no so texas v johnson the thing about this whole furore is that it's taken away from one of the most glorious moments in sporting history, which is that the United States beat England in soccer and the English media and the people of England lost their collective shit. And people yeah, in the like, United States, I don't understand, like, people how people in the United States be... didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> did not even care. They're just like, oh, that happened? Well, yeah, of course that should happen. And meanwhile... Like... The British were incredibly offended. The Guardian was throwing such a fit. (laughs) The Guardian published an editorial complaining that the United States does not notice the British. (laughs) It was the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. Here's the thing. The, The English national team has not been a force on the world stage for ages, and that's just the men's team. The, the women's team is is not that great either. It's never been. The, the World Cup that just finished uh, on, the, on the women's side is... I, I would probably say that it's the most impressive win by the Americans yet, because... Women's, yeah, I think that's probably true. Women's soccer is becoming better. It, it isn't just the U.S., Germany, and Sweden anymore. There are a bunch of teams, like the Dutch, the Norwegians, French. There are a lot of 
fairly decent teams that are competing almost at the same level at the top of, of lady football. And, and that's a good thing for the sport. It isn't just isolated to a few, a couple of countries. Anymore. Yeah, but I'm also, I'm also not willing to say that this is a trend yet. I think a lot of times what happens is that particular nations, the talent pool in women's football outside the United States is so shallow that it really only takes like one or two or three good players coming along to make it to make a particular to nation seem team. really, really good. good. Like, yeah. remember, was it like four years ago or eight years ago when Japan was the big power in women's oh, football yeah. other than the United States? And I don't know, did did Japan make it out of the last 16? I don't know that they did. Or Brazil. Brazil was huge. They, they were a giant team. But actually, no, Brazil wasn't a good team. It was no. just that they had Marta. And when What's... Marta was in her prime, she was the best player in the world. And now that she's not in her prime, Brazil is not good. I think a lot of it is athleticism, too. Like the athleticism is, yeah. gap between the best female athletes in soccer and the, and the best ones. male athletes yeah, is is gigantic you'll like you'll see games where if you're watching the british where like i don't know lucy bronze or or jordan knobs or whoever just just completely runs the game because they're faster and stronger than everybody else alex morgan does it for the united states mm-hmm. all the time certain hosts of, of this podcast have um, a, a crush <laughs> on alex morgan uh, but, uh, do you mean all three of the hosts <laughs> well one in particular uh, one of us didn't know who she was until <laughs> until just like last week. Do you not subscribe to Sports Illustrated? I guess I don't. I was like roundly criticized for not knowing who she was or, or that she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I like, uh, Megan McArdle, I think, was making the argument that it like you can really look at it as a different sport, sort of like the WNBA. And the NBA yeah. are almost two different sports. No, definitely. Yeah. Women's oh, absolutely. And men's soccer are sort of also two different sports because there isn't the same athleticism. The game isn't played in the same way. Although women's women's football or women's soccer, it is getting better, and and it will probably keep getting better. Well, and I mean, it's I always know. going to be more in the women's game. It's always going to be more about fun. And same same thing with basketball. It's going to be more about fundamentals, and you know not as explosive it's never going to be as explosive as the the men's game in women's football it does seem like tactically the women's game is way behind It, it, it looks like football from the 90s a lot of the time it can't take the same developmental trajectory that the men's game does just because there's the women are shorter and it'll be harder for them to cover all the ground they need to cover to press the same way the men do. Yeah, it's like it's like in the WNBA, you can't have you can't have drop defenses the same way in the WNBA right. because the WNBA does not have players who are 7 foot 2 and hyper athletic. Yeah, they, they can't protect the rim. Yeah. Right. You don't have Rudy Gobert, so mm-hmm. you have to defend differently. In the NBA, everybody has Rudy Gobert. Yeah. One last thing and then we can move on to something else. The women's game isn't going to, it's not going to become better by pouring money over the players that are playing in the World Cup or playing in the Olympics and playing for the national teams. That is, that sort of top-down approach is not how you will improve the quality of the sport. You, you need to actually have clubs that are investing in youth system and women's teams 
uh, on a more local level that are actually supporting players that are teenagers and becoming professionals. That's how you build a sport. It isn't by showering Alex Morgan and the others at the top level in money. Oh, that annoys me. Like that argument annoys me because it's it's obvious that it comes from people and JVL makes this point. It comes from people who see numbers and see that oh the stars of the the US men's team and the stars of the US women's team they make different amounts of money and this is terrible and it is all bad. Yeah, I agree that it is bad, but it's not by paying them the same amount that you're going to fix anything. This is this is always the eternal argument about money in sports, right? Is who should that money end up going to? Because it's going to end up going to somebody. Right. And in an ideal world, it would go towards developing clubs and developing grassroots football and sports and all that stuff and bringing more people into the women's game and making women's football like a career that people can do without having yeah. to waitress on the side. That would, you know, that would be better than giving a bigger bonus to Megan Rapinoe and Christian Press and Tobin Heath and Alex Morgan. But what's actually going to happen is that instead of that bonus money going towards Megan Rapinoe and Christian Press and Tobin Heath and Alex Morgan, what's going to happen is that it's going to go to some guy at USA Football, right? It's going to end up, it's going to end up being a corporate bonus to somebody who gets the money, the owners of the players, you know? Right. Okay. I was listening to a podcast, it's the Blank Check podcast, and they were talking about, so they do like uh, directors, uh, directors who do something big young when they're young, and then basically they get a series of blank checks to do like whatever they want, and then they kind of discuss whether or not those checks bounce or clear or whatever, and so they're talking about Michael Mann right now, talk about how many uh, blank checks he's gotten, and they were talking about Black Hat. And how Black Hat made $8 million. And so after that, they were talked about other movies. And they talked about how much a movie made in a number of, of uh, Black Hats. So like <laughs> a movie made like, you know, $64 million opening. Like, oh, it made eight Black Hats. Have you seen Black Hat, Matt? I actually was working in... Um... I was working in a theater when Black Hat came out. This is like, this Black Hat thing is like Richard Rushfield's bit about referring to every movie that Guy Ritchie releases, uh, referring to the box office as a multiple of swept away. Okay. So, so um, Aladdin has now grossed, like, uh, Aladdin's gross is now 1,850 swept aways. <laughs> So yeah, so I was working. I was working actually at the Alamo in Northern Virginia when Black Hat came out with, with the best Chris. So so you watched it? I have probably seen it twenty times, oh. something like that, because I was required to be standing in the theater <laughs> while it was on. Sure, and you want to know what I put their order in and and bring them their gigantic fat burgers and their <laughs> their pictures of good IPAs and all that stuff, yeah. And uh, do you want to know what I can remember about the movie? Fucking nothing. <laughs> I watched Literally it for the first time. Nothing. I watched it for the first time like three or four weeks ago, and I was tweeting about it in the mega thread, and I actually like it. I didn't, like, I went back and forth through a lot of it, but then there was a gunfight. That gunfight, I was like, okay, I love this movie now. I'd never seen a gunfight filmed the way that it was it seemed kind of ridiculous i mean he it seems like he's gone from filming realistic looking uh, gunfights like in heat 
to what he did with Black Hat was like it wasn't realistic. It was awesome. Is, is this the? <laughs> so one, are you? I was are, totally is, in. Is, is this the gunfight where they get out of the cars and fire at each other? Is that the one you're talking about? Man, I'm reading this plot summary on Wikipedia. I don't remember any of this. I swear, <laughs> I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I vaguely remember the Chinese chick. When Viola Davis, when she gets blown away, right. like, like that's Viola that's Davis when it. Th- yeah, that she Viola Davis is great in it. Viola it, Davis is great in everything. She is, and she was great in this. Like it was the one time Michael Mann wrote a woman character that like actually had some like depth and wasn't just a one-dimensional <laughs> yeah I, I don't understand what you're doing my main problem with movies like this is, is that when it has to do with like computers and hacking and cybersecurity and whatnot it all sounds so stupid like the things yeah. that they are doing or they are trying to explain uh, what they're doing don't worry about that's, that well, yeah, yeah, just, that's, that's but because none of the part of what colored my I, I'd recently read the biography of Ross Ulbricht. I could also see that Michael Mann like lifted heavily from like Ross Ulbricht's story. Ross Ulbricht was like a huge, like six five, you know, guy who ran um what was that site he ran? Um the Silk Road on the dark web. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so and so like he clearly modeled Chris Hemsworth after Ross Ulbricht. And just like like the way they looked and just like the way that they they acted they were like very like alpha male even in the world of like a hacker and everything and so like that kind of like colored i was like oh you know like i just read that book that's kind of cool that he did this back in 2015 i was just gonna say i'm looking at movies that came out in 2015 and remembering the ones that i saw in in january january 2015 as part of that job and oh my god i watched some bombs <laughs> there was Black Hat. I saw. I've seen The Wedding Ringer probably fifty times for the, the same what? reason. The Wedding Ringer. What the hell is that? Uh, it's about Josh Gad. It stars Josh Gad as a guy who has an awful fiance, and he oh, doesn't God. have any friends, and they're getting married, and so he hires Kevin Hart to pretend to be his this best made, friend. This made eight Black Hats. It made so much money. Yeah, it made it made a ton of money. It made so much money. I bought I almost bought a car with the amount of money I made off this movie. Um, And it's like, it's so stupid. It's such a stupid fucking movie. It is. It is a typical Kevin Hart movie. It's fucking terrible. Uh, So I want there was Black Hat. I watched Cake, which is uh, a movie where Jennifer Aniston plays a woman who is addicted to painkillers because she has chronic pain and she's a terrible human being and tries to commit suicide and is a terrible person throughout the entire movie. Never heard uh, of that either. Well, let me put it this way. It made one sixth of a black hat, I think. Let's see. What else? I saw Mordecai. I've talked about that before. I think. Mordecai was uh, a movie that was made at the height of the Johnny Depp wears silly hats, and that is the <laughs> plot of the movie sort of craze. It's dude, it has the greatest freaking cast. It stars Johnny Depp, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ewan McGregor, Olivia Munn, Paul Bettany, and Jeff Goldblum. Wow. It's awful. It's the worst movie <laughs> I've ever seen. 
legitimately the worst movie I've ever seen. But based on your description of Johnny Depp in the movie, I will assume that Steven loves it. I think even <laughs> Steven probably hates it. So it's basic. it's Johnny Depp doing Sherlock Holmes but as Jack Sparrow. So he just like sort of wanders around and acts drunk. I had never That's the whole this. movie. That's this like the whole crazy. movie. I feel like it, I remember makes... trailers for this. So I uh, that at all. we took it at the theater as a, we took it as at the theater as part of our deal with Lionsgate to have one of their one of their big movies. I don't remember which one it was. I don't know, Hunger Games or something like that. It was like we couldn't oh, have so one of like, their absolute yeah. gigantic movies without unless taking. unless we took Mordecai for two weeks in January. And we did our first we did one show on Thursday, one show on Friday, like six shows in the big theater because we had to on Saturday and then the rest of the time we had it, it was one show a day in the smallest theater at eight o'clock in the morning. I think we sold forty something tickets the whole two weeks. Speaking of, on my flight from Sweden to the US, I watched Glass, which I wouldn't go as far as to say that it is terrible, but it is definitely the worst. But it's terrible. It, it's definitely the worst out of, of the, the three. trilogy. Yeah, like I haven't seen it yet. I liked, no, I liked the second one. Obviously, the first one was really good. I like the second one. I haven't. I guess I've heard that the that glass isn't that great, so I haven't brought myself to see it. Okay. Yet. Well, I'm I'm not going to spoil it. It felt like nothing happened. It was sort of boring all the way through. Let's see, what else came out in January that I watched? Strange Magic, which is a George Lucas written boomer nostalgia rock opera about bugs. Did you just work there in January of 2015? No, I worked there I worked there for a while, but January and February are where all the crappy movies crappy get dropped. Movies, yeah. So Strange I mean Strange like, Magic. It uh, it made one and a half black hats. One and a half black hats. Uh, let's see what else. What else came out? What else came out that I've seen that was that I would kill myself rather than watch again? Uh, <laughs> Jupiter ascending. Jupiter ascending. Jupiter ascending. I think I. I think I start. Yeah. The wait. Was it? Were they still the brothers then? Or let's just call they... them the Wachowskis. Let's just call them. Let's okay. just call them the Wachowskis. That's fair. It was. Looks like they made. No, um, almost six black hats yeah um, but i think a lot of that wow was because foreign like foreign it made 136 million dollars in foreign so yeah, yeah that, that black hat was just the domestic box office was eight million worldwide um jupiter ascending made 183 million which isn't great on a hundred six a hundred and seventy six million dollar budget oh my gosh <laughs> Man. What the fuck? But it had it had it gave Eddie one hundred and seventy six million dollars. <laughs> to have Eddie Redmayne as like a giant yeah. space. Bee I emperor. I did start watching this one time. I think because it was on Netflix for a while, like oh either God. last year or the year before, and I started to watch it, and I was just like, I didn't make it. I don't even think I made it to where Channing Tatum comes in. 
I honestly think the best movie I saw in January, February of 2015 might have been the SpongeBob movie. I saw that. I know I saw that in theater because we took the boys to see that. Because your eyes still hurt from watching it. No, look, I'm a SpongeBob fan. I am, okay, that's I, fair. I will. I will always let my boys watch SpongeBob whenever they want because I always say SpongeBob teaches them comedic timing. Because if there's anything that yeah. SpongeBob does. It's it's comedic timing. Okay, Fifty Shades of Grey that came out in February. I made so much money on Fifty Shades of Grey. I have nothing bad to say about that movie. It's <laughs> awful. Well, we uh, we are going to call it quits for this episode. Matt, <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, joining us. No problem. I'm glad that I had this opportunity to virtually drink whiskey with you boys. <laughs> I I hope that he leaves all the NBA talk in because that was the best part. The, oh yeah, without question. That and the women's soccer talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for us. See you next time. Bye. We'll we'll do this all over again tomorrow. Okay. Monsieur Hamilton Monsieur Lafayette In command where you belong Are you saying no sweater? We're finally on the field, we've had quite a run Immigrants, we get the job done So what happens if we win? I go back to France I bring freedom to my people if I'm given the chance We'll be with you when you do Go, lead your men I'll see you on the other side Till we meet again I am not throwing away my shot I am not throwing away my Hey, yo, I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Till the world turns upside down. Till the world turns upside down. I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. This is where it gets me. On my feet, the enemy ahead. Yeah. Oh, that, that's man, what it you is. Know how you know yeah. John Huntsman is a dweeb? He said he's spiritual, not religious. <laughs> Oh, so he must have left the Mormon faith then. Well, he says he says he says the LDS Church doesn't have a monopoly on his spiritual life. Oh, okay. He was, I was raised a Mormon. Mary because Kay was raised Episcopalian. He... Our kids have gone to Catholic school. I went to a Lutheran school. So you bind all this together. He's a dweeb. <laughs> it binds you like the Force. It binds us together. That's oh, right. And then it penetrates us. You were the chosen one, John. You were sent to destroy the Democrats, not join them. (laughs) Can you, uh, without cheating, do you know John Huntsman's middle name? Felix. Close. Close. (laughs) Mead. What? (laughs) You could have given me 6,000 ghettos. (laughs) I probably wouldn't have got to Mead. Yeah, I mean, John, look, John Huntsman's just so unmemorable that I definitely would have thought that his middle name started with the letter J, just because John J. John John Jonathan Huntsman. Yeah. <laughs> his name is J O H N, and his middle name is J O N A T H A N. Jonathan Huntsman. When, when he when he when he when he goes by John Huntsman, he's actually going by his middle name there. His, you know, oh, J-O-N. Signs, yeah, he signs it. He signs his checks with J. John Huntsman. John Jonathan. The John stands for J. John Jonathan, get in here. Boy, you know when his mother uses both both of his first names, he's really in trouble. <laughs> oh, we got we got, we actually have some breaking John Huntsman news from just over a month ago. <laughs> John Huntsman still alive. 